Thought Bubble Audio. Up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who <laughs> are I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one, because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my formulaic friend, Frank. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well in Act 1. By Act 2, things are looking really hard, and by Act 3, I'm facing the fight of a lifetime. But you know what? It's all okay, because in the end, good will prevail? I mean... I guess? I mean, if you have a question mark on it, then I'm not sure if you... It's just that I'm I'm just... I just question, you know, how, how formulas work, but... Yeah, right. Of course. Of yeah. course. Of course. Yeah. I understand. But I... that's that's it. That's all it is. Okay. I understand. All right. Well, here's the, here's the dealio, Frank. I need to know what you're drinking. Well, sir, I am drinking a Lord Hobo Brewing Company Boom Sauce IPA. Cool. What What kind of... What does that taste like? How boom hoppy is sauce, it? Boom sauce, boom, boom, boom sauce. I don't know why. Hmm. Well, um, it's actually pretty hoppy. Um, it's uh, it's it's one of my favorites in terms of IPAs. It's a uh, like a tried and true classic up here in the uh, in the Northeast. Um, you find it in a lot of spots, and uh, yeah, I I rather enjoy it. I've been to their brewery. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it's a hoppy. It's a hop forward IPA. Um, it's it's a kind of a quintessential IPA. It's sort of what you expect when you think of an IPA. It's very very hoppy, but um, but I enjoy it quite a bit. Oh, that's so interesting. I like things. I like things like that. All right, so my friend, I am drinking a uh, a New Hampshire American ale, an NH American ale, if you will. It is quite refreshing from the Six O Three Brewery. Mm-hmm. Live free, drink Six O Three. This is really good. I've never had this before. It's a delightful red can. It is. I had some earlier today. It was pretty good. Uh, we're having a we're having a guys weekend. Mm-hmm. We're hanging out with some buddies of ours. It's called a writing retreat, Frank. Uh, also known sure. as a caucus. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We caucus, can call it that. Caucus. 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 Right. 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 Well, writing retreat. Well, Frank, we're here on this writing retreat because recently, um, not recently, but it's. Pretty well known that Kevin Feige, head of Marvel Entertainment, or at least Marvel, Marvel Films, Studios, Marvel yeah. Studios, uh, he, before the start of each new movie, he has his team watch Superman the movie um, by Richard Donner from 1978. Eight. Yep. Oh, yeah. I know my movies. Oh, yeah. They're on it. Because... They see Kevin Feige sees that as the quintessential superhero film, and you really, to him, you can't really get better than that. And so, what Marvel has done is they really have taken that formula, right? And they've they run with it. And so, if you, so you can jump in in here at any time. But if you watch 
say right now. I'm jumping in right now. Ow, it hurts my ear when you jump in so loud like that. Um, so let's say Captain America: The First Avenger. Sure, is uh, boy from home mm-hmm. wants to do something, not sure what, ends up with a chance to do something. Middle act is the heroics of the superhero, and then the fight for their life right. at the end. Right. And so this is the classic origin story. Yes. It's just the hero's journey. Yes, it there's, is. There's really nothing I would say I would say there's nothing special about it. That's but, that, that'd be that would be maybe a little too far, but I understand what you're saying. It's it's sort of a template templatized version of the hero's journey. That's correct. Yeah. I think the thing that makes so I mean, there's a lot of things that make Superman the movie special, but I think what what makes Superman the movie different is you've got the first act is the sort of where they came from. The second act then is very quickly pivots to like he's in Metropolis. He's like the jokes are flying. It went from Shakespearean Krypton to to young uh, Clark in Kansas on the farm. Very quickly then to he's in Metropolis. He's in the big city. He's in his element. Like this is the sort of in act two. He is like in the quintessential like he is now the full-on version of himself that is correct right so it kind of quickly goes there and 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 there's a tonal shift from down home farm to in the city things are fast-paced the jokes are flying that kind of thing and then act three is when he goes up against the big villain and has his first you know victory against the big villain so that's that that's that's like the the template for a superhero origin story Mm. and even so feige has his teams do it I think for every film, even every if it's film. Not, I mean, even if it's not applicable, because even if it's not it, an origin story, because it's not just the tone. I think that I mean, it's not just the formula that he's taking, but it's also the tone. And where Superman the movie is unapologetic, you know, it, like we're here to have fun, everyone, but there are still going to be stakes. Yep, and you are still going to. There's going to be some, I guess, resonance. I guess at the end because. You know, I mean, spoilers for a movie that is 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, Pa Kent, pa Kent has a heart attack. <gasps> I know. And dies. And that's kind of, right. And that's what set Clark's. That's what sends. Well, that was sends Clark on his kind of initial hero's yep. journey. That's the push. Um, And that's Luke losing uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baruch. Exactly. Exactly. Just a year earlier. Yep. Just a year earlier. Yep. So. So, but the but the tone is very tongue in che- earnestly tongue in cheek. Yeah, that's a good earnestly tongue in cheek. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's the that's the really the only the only I think that's the only way I could think to describe that film because it is it takes itself seriously, but it also doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, seriously, but not too seriously. That's right. And if you I mean if you really look at main almost any Marvel film, it they take it it takes itself seriously but doesn't take itself seriously and of course there are different versions of that like say thor ragnarok doesn't take itself seriously more often than not mm-hmm. guardians is another good example yeah. it doesn't take itself too seriously but then there are other movies like say infinity war or winter soldier or civil war you know all the captain america movies besides the first one um he, they take themselves more earnestly mm-hmm. than tug in cheek, but both those elements are still there. And then you have movies that play it right down the middle. Um, maybe the first Iron Man, 
the first yeah. and second Iron Man yeah. films, um, the first Captain America, the actually all of Phase One, really. The first Spider Man film. That's a good. That's also kind of earnestly tongue in cheek, to be honest. Like it's 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 got a little bit of a balance between the two, um, because you do have the. It is earnest in that when Uncle Ben dies, like that's a really serious moment, and like yeah, but he doesn't die in Homecoming. There is no no. I'm not talking about Homecoming. I'm talking about the original Spider Man, oh, Sam Raimi Spider Man. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, Sam Raimi Spider Man. Um, you can understand why I was confused. Yes, you can. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, yes, yes. That's earnestly tongue in cheek. That's earnestly tongue in cheek. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, but I think that's also maybe why that film is also rewatchable in mm, a lot mm-hmm, of ways mm-hmm. because it, it follows the same template. As as Superman the movie because the te- because the template is is basic in it in its own in its own sense you could certainly dive into it if you want to but but because it's a formula people you can recognize the formula even if you're not thinking about it and mm-hmm. it feels comfortable to mm-hmm. the viewers mm-hmm. and so anyway so this all kind of stemmed from Kevin Feige recently said that he suggests that the DC universe follow that same template. Uh, yeah, what a novel idea. The DC follows a DC template. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, people, ardent defenders of the DCEU were a little bit, uh, slightly up in arms because they, you know, said, well, that's an old form. It's an old formula. It doesn't work anymore. Like, DC's trying something new and fresh. And even if there's some steps that are mistaken along the way, at least they're doing something that's different as opposed to making what some people see as essentially the same movie every time if you're following that formula, which is, I don't think, true. I think it's an unfair characterization, but I can understand why you would feel that way. Yeah, and so and so I guess so. I guess the question is for us, so even we've seen it a bunch of times before, we're going to see it again, but the question is really, should we see it again? Or is it actually time to, maybe you can keep the earnest tongue-in-cheek, but is it time to retire the basic hero's journey i guess um are you asking me that question i'm asking you that question i think after like five thousand years of that formula like it it, why like what why are we so special now that we don't need that like oh we've evolved past that suddenly in the last 50 years or something you know like that's you're right Mm. that's like kind of a silly notion like it's it's a it's a tried and true format it's basically it's one of the you know that that concept that that notion that like every story is the same story or there's only like four stories or whatever I forget what the number is but uh, technically if you if there are a couple of different versions of that the one that I know is that there's only one story and it's okay. the question of who am I yep. and whether you answer that question or not in the story that's the one story I've heard it said there's only one story I've heard I think I've I think also the heard is that eight. I've also heard it said that many people come into our lives for, for a reason, reason bringing something we must learn mm-hmm. before we part if we let them exactly exactly yeah yeah um yeah no i i've i've heard you know there's one story and i think the other number is like there's eight different stories people have broke it down into like there are eight different templates of, of every story and, and every every story you've ever heard follows one of those eight templates whether you realize it or not so so whether you subscribe to the one or the eight theory the classic hero's journey, Star Wars, Superman, the movie, Captain America, the first Avenger, though that template works for for a re- for a reason. Like th- there is a real reason why that resonates with people. 
So to to say like, well, I think it's time to retire that is like, okay, great. You come up with something better then, buddy. That's a good you point. Know, whoever is suggesting that, I'm a little bit like, I would love to see you try. Because people have tried for thousands of years and everything they do falls into one of the classic templates. That's right. So what what you got? What you got? Because I, I tend to believe that there are only a handful of templates that every story falls into, whether we realize it or not. And so trying to say, oh, that's old, that's old hat, that's tired, here's something completely new. Something completely new is great, but usually it falls into one of the templates that we know. And it might be a new twist on a template, or it might be a merging, a blending of two different templates or whatever. But I really do believe there's only a handful of stories to be told. And they can be told in new and fresh, interesting ways. And I love it. But to say, here's something no one's ever done before, is a little bit, there's a little bit of hubris there. And it's hard to, it's really hard. It's harder to do than anyone gives credit for. Do you think that I, oh, I just lost my question. Oh, okay. Do you, so do you think that, so let's say we keep that formula, because I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, um, who are you to say that what we've done for thousands of years, literally thousands of years of storytelling is no good anymore? Going back to like Homer and or before. Right, exactly. Epic, epic of Gilgamesh and like all this different stuff, like. It's the same story. We're telling the same stories, different setting, different characters, but they learn the same lessons and blah, blah, blah. And if you're bored of that, then maybe you need to get out of the genre and not necessarily get out of the formula. You know what I mean? Because most films, Disney films, WB films, Paramount films, indie films, it doesn't matter. They're all saying basically the same thing. Whether your main character is being chased by aliens alone on a spaceship or they're they're discovering how to live life after their mother passed away. It's the same story. Mm-hmm. They're figuring out who they are. You could have different lessons at the game of at the end of a similar story. The the end of the story can be you can do anything if you set your mind to it. The end of the story can be love conquers all. It can be whatever, but you can follow the same templates to get to that to a different lesson. That's correct. That's a good way of putting it. Now, on that note, are are then fans saying it's not the formula, though I think comic book fans particularly are like, yes, we know the origin of Booster Gold. You don't need to tell us. Whereas the millions of other people that don't are like, um, excuse Who's me, this? who who is that guy? So, yeah, you have to say it because like you always hear more. You hear more about Batman than anybody else like or Spider-Man. You hear a lot of like, we know how it, this comes to have out. Well. Your first, like, your third or fourth time watching this character might be somebody's first. Yes. So, too yeah. bad. Be careful of gatekeeping, right? Be careful of, like, saying, well, we know this already. Like, we fans already know it, so don't don't tell it again for the people who are not fans. Like, right. Let and non-fans in. Let at, new people in. At one point, you weren't a fan. Right. And you had to learn it. Right. Yes, maybe you were five. Maybe this person is 25 when they're learning it for the first time. But so what? Let them let them in. That's right. Let them in on it. That's right. So are you so do you think that they're saying it's not then it's not the formula, but do you think it's the the um, tongue in cheek earnestness? Do you think that do you think that style has gone by the wayside? I think that has been so. I think DC has put that by the wayside. I think Marvel has embraced it. Mm-hmm. Right there is a tongue in cheek earnestness to. Just about every Marvel film, and and there's a there's a difference in the balance between tongue in cheek and earnest, right? Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy is much more tongue in cheek, 
uh, Captain America, the first Avenger is much more earnest. And the other films, I think, sort of fall on a spectrum between the two. If you have earnest and tongue in cheek on either end of a spectrum, most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe falls into a spectrum between the two. And it's sort of a percentage of like 70, 30 or whatever. Um, But DC has kind of gone a different direction. I think it depends on the film. I think depends on the film. I think Wonder Woman, Wonder is, Woman is, a, is, Wonder is a exception. perfect example, it's a big a perfect exception. example of following the 1978 Superman the movie formula. Yes, yes it is. For its tone and for it and for its setup. Yep, agreed. Because agreed. If, if you watch that film, it's kind of Captain America a lot Captain America the First Avenger, which is a lot Superman the movie. Yes. It's all the same. It's all wrapped up together. And it's honestly why I think it works. And I think it's why it resonated with audiences. Now, but here's the thing. Audiences' tastes change, right? And so... Do they, though? I think so. Yes, I think they do. I think I think culture shifts and different generations are looking for different things. I agree with that. I, I agree with that on a surface level. But I think on a, on a, on a more fundamental level, there's a reason why... Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope has resonated for forty years. There's a reason why Superman the movie inspires people for forty years because there, yes, tastes change, but there are certain constants that always work. I agree, and I and there are actually so I, that was actually going to be my that was going to be my point because I don't think that the tone is tired. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Okay, I I think that Ernest. And tongue in cheek is actually the one tone that really survives time, because nobody really takes themselves too seriously or shouldn't take themselves too seriously. And that if you reflect that in your entertainment, then you also it has a rewatchable value, which means that it lasts forever. Yeah, movies that are not inherently rewatchable tend to be forgotten. Yes. Because yes. they're just a little too heavy, and then people go, "Oh no, good movie, great movie," but I'm, I honestly, I'm not in the mood for that. But let's watch Back to the Future because that's tongue in cheek earnest. Yep, yep, that's right, and it lasts forever. You and I just last night were talking about like Dark Knight Rises, and what what a, what a great movie that is. Even Dark Knight, you know, 2008, Dark Knight, great movie. I have to be in a very specific mood to rewatch. Really, any of those Nolan Batman films? Agreed. Right? They're they're phenomenal films. Like they are really well made films, especially The Dark Knight. But they, you need to be in a specific mood to watch it. I would, for me, I need to be in a mood where like watching this movie won't get me down too much. Mm, that's a good point, right? But I can watch Superman the movie. I, okay, I might not always be in the mood to watch it, but like. I never worry about getting depressed for watching it. I never worry about like, oh, I'm not in the right state of mind for this. I need to like be a little happy so that even this has me down a little bit. It's not, I don't have to worry about that. It's it's a it's an uplifting film. Um, uh, First Avenger is the same thing. Like it's an uplifting, the hero wins at the end. Film Star Wars, as well. So I I, I feel like. Well, that's a tricky line because the hero winning at the end does not always mean it's an uplifting film. Okay. That's a interest okay. That's a fair distinction because if you look at if you look at like BVS, Batman versus Superman, the heroes win in the end, but is it an uplifting film? No, because Superman dies. I was actually even thinking before that, I was thinking Man of Steel. Okay. Because 
definitely not an uplifting film. It has it has moments of levity, but overall, like as a whole, if you it score is, it, it does not ins- it does not inspire it does not inspire people the way that Field of Dreams does, or something like or that. Even Superman the movie, or Superman if the you movie. Keep it like sort of the same character, and and you know, people who have listened to the show before know I like Man of Steel quite a bit. It's not a dig on the film; it just doesn't. It's not a rewatchable film in the way that that tongue-in-cheek earnest is and i think movies that go too far in either direction that's those are the ones that that kind of fade from public view so if you if you look at um movies that we said like too dark so if you look at say like dark knight dark knight rises um logan you know eventually great for the industry great for the banks all that stuff really well made but they're not inherently rewatchable and a film something like even say Deadpool doesn't take itself seriously at all, which is also great at the moment to pair off against something like Logan, which takes itself very seriously. That also gets by the wayside because that doesn't hit everybody. But tongue in cheek earnest is is almost a mass appeal. It, it, you, it Whether you want the earnestness or you want the tongue in cheek or you want a bit of both, it has something for everybody. Yes. I very much agree with that. I, I very strongly agree with that. If you are a more cynical person, there is something there for you. If you're a very optimistic person, there's something there for you. It kind of it 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 satisfies a lot of people. Whether you are more earnest or more tongue in cheek or whatever you are, that that sort of film does satisfy both both ends of the spectrum and everything in between. So I think that's why they're so successful at the box office, is because like no matter where you fall in that spectrum, there's something there for you. That's correct. You know? So, uh, yeah. Um, I I don't think it's a tired formula. I, I think it's wise of Kevin Feige to keep looking at that because it, from the time that movie, Superman the movie, came out, it has been sort of considered the quintessential superhero movie. Yep. Now, see, the only problem I think with that is that quintessential things are generational oh this is the quintessential super like superhero movie well that might be because everybody in charge right now was a kid when it came out yes and so there's a nostalgia factor at play there and so you i think we have to be careful when we say things are quintessential because everything it, it truly is a subjective point that's true. I mean, all. I mean, yeah. Yes, that's true. And maybe I'm not sure whether what I'm about to say either. I, I think it. What I'm about to say might 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 prove your point, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Star Wars: A New Hope mm-hmm. is the quintessential, like the most platonic ideal of the hero's journey, like as Joseph Campbell laid it out. You've got the young hero. You've got the princess. You've got the old wizard. You've got the 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 rogue skeptic you know and you've got the big bad of darth vader you've got all excuse me all those archetypes beer Mm -hmm. is good all those archetypes um in this one story that are it's it's arthurian legend it's like the very clear this person is good this person is bad that is a very clear laid out archetype or all those characters are archetypes that are are that clearly fall into those buckets and i think star wars is sort of the the clearest most perfect platonic ideal of that type of story, 
Joseph Campbell agreed after George Lucas made it. He looked back and said, yes, this is a great example of what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Um, so I, to me, that is sort of timeless because it is that Arthurian, um, uh, Homeric template that we've seen through the years, Shakespearean, going back years and years and years, decades, centuries, millennia, you have these types of characters keep popping up. So, so yes, I agree with you that there there can be like there, there is a, a phenomenon where things are oh this is quintessential you know whatever but it's really just a very timely like yeah that's very pop it's very in right now and it has been for the last 30 years but like it'll pass everyone is really hopped up on it right now but it'll pass but then there are certain things that do last or or if they go away temporarily they come back around so what do you think the amount of time is for something to become quintessential then it, that's hard to say. I mean, I don't know that there is a, a specific number. Like, well, if it's been around 50 years, then it's quintessential. I, I don't know what that number is. It's not really about the number amount of time. It's more about how closely does it adhere to what people resonate with. I dis- Well, I think that people resonate with different things at different times. So say like something very dark and moody hit America or the world strongly after 9-11. It's something that we were like, Yes, this is how we feel. Good on you for representing that. Now, or we don't feel exactly that same way anymore. Sure, no. It's a to- it's so it's not going so that version of Dark and Broody is not going to resonate the same way anymore. We remember how it resonated, but it's not the same. So I think that for something to be to end up being quintessential, it has to move beyond two generations. Okay. If that makes sense. So that's like 40, 50 years. Yeah. 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 It has to, like, it has to, like, because it can't be us. Like, if it comes out in 2018, it can't be us that say it's quintessential. It has to be two generations later that are still talking about it going, this is quintessential. Yeah. At least. So, like, say Star Wars has made that. The generation under us are Star Wars fans. Yeah. They're still there. It's you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. I and I, and I agree with that. But I think it. Ha- I mean, like, my feeling is that the things that are truly quintessential, like this, is the the truest telling of this story. Those things, uh, yes, they last at least fifty, forty, fifty years. But it's you can sometimes tell when something is. Qu- I feel like people knew Star Wars was going to fit that mold twenty years ago. Oh sure, okay. So, all right. So I'm just th- I'm just thinking, like, let's say Superman the movie is the quintessential yes. template for a superhero yes. film, but it for it yes that does that mean that it has to you everybody has to still have seen it? Well, no. So no. so it doesn't have to be popular to be continue to be popular to be quintessential. No, I'm 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 not talking about its popularity. I'm talking about how much does it adhere to the the in this case the hero's journey. How closely does it express the perfectly express the idea of the hero's journey? Okay, I was kind of combining them in my brain. Yeah, pop- popularity I think is a different thing. It's more about like how how good of a version of the story is it. Sure. To me, Star Wars is a is like the maybe the most perfect version in, in modern pop culture. And Star- Superman the movie is the most perfect superhero version of that. And and you being of a person that 
like Superman the movie quite a bit, but it's not even your... It's not my favorite movie, not even my favorite superhero movie. Right. But you can recognize its use of a timeless formula. Yes. Better exactly. than some other people who have, yes. who have used that same formula. Yep. Well, this has been this has been wonderful, Frank. I think so. Would you have anything to wrap up with? Tell me, 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 tell me. Probably. Okay, great. Tell me. Probably. 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 I don't know what that means. Wow. There is a big cultural divide between us. Yes, there is. Yeah. That's a it's a Howard Stern thing. I'm not even a Howard Stern fan. It's just a thing that people say. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. We ended on Howard Stern. <laughs> um uh no, I would I would and um well I I feel like I've said what I have to say, honestly. I I, I it's not my Superman the movie is not my favorite superhero film, but I recognize its significance and its importance in the like pantheon of superhero films. To me, the fact that Kevin Feige and crew have looked at that movie as the template and they've had so much success 19 films in says something it says something do you think that superhero movies have to follow will have to follow it forever to be successful no i don't because i don't think logan follows it i don't think deadpool follows it and i think that they're very you know they were obviously very successful for what they were for for r-rated films but Hmm. um not every film has to but i do think let's put it this way not all successful films follow that template but many six, many films that follow the template are successful. Mm, that's a good point. Right? Good. I'm glad that we ended with SATs yeah. instead of Howard Stern. There you go. Good. All right. Well, you can find us on beerwithgeeks.com and Facebook and Gmail and Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us in all other places that podcasts can be found, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Overcast and the Google Play Store. You can also, of course, check out all other Thought Bubble Audio shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. And you can check out Frank in Atlanta coming up soon if you'd like to plug that for a second. Dark Expo Live with Brian Austin Green, with Ian Zeering, with Derek Russell, with everyone else who's from the folks from 90210 apparently because that's who I hang out with. And, cool. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a live show for charity, and it's going to be great. And we would love to see you there September 1st in Atlanta. Very cool. All right. Well, then, that means until next time we didn't really have to cheers because it's a can cans let's do a special mics in cans cheers ready right. one two, two three, three. Cheers. cheers